You've heard of see something, say something. I sure have. Um, that makes sense to me. If you see something, say something. We've all probably had those moments where it can range from, gee, is that comment appropriate? What do I do with this information that's buzzing around in my head about what I just heard in the hallway or what my kid told me about something that's happening at school? And then there's just plain random despicable violence right in front of your face. See something, say something seems to be working on the TTC. For safety, it seems to be all that is working right now. People are seeing the somethings. There's no question about that. Here's our latest. Like, it's it's basically a violent crime of the day. If there isn't one today, I guess we'll sit around at 8 or, or 9 o'clock and raise a glass. You know, we're only allowed to have two a week, so use one tonight and toast that there wasn't something horrific happen on public transit, which many people have to use. They don't choose to use. Yesterday, there was a stabbing on a streetcar at Spadina Avenue and Sussex Avenue, around 2 o'clock, daytime stuff. Um, police ended up being on the scene. The suspect stabbed the victim multiple times. The suspect was arrested at the scene. The victim is in hospital right now. We don't know more about that at this point. So it feels like every time our show's on, we're reacting to yesterday's violence and the day before and the day before that. But there are developments that I suppose are positive, but how positive are they? If you arrest people and the violence is very consistent and very random, doesn't feel like you're plugging the drain, really, does it? This isn't like, hey, there's this criminal out there and we think we've got him. This isn't like that. This isn't nailing down the Boston Strangler, Jack the Ripper, Paul and Carla. It's not like that. Okay, we, like there is no telling who's going to be the next person to commit the crime and on what public transit venue and where geographically, geographically in the city it will be. It's that problematic. It really is. The good news, though, yesterday is people aren't looking necessarily for the suspects in what happened on Monday as opposed to yesterday, Tuesday. Why? Well, Toronto police arrested and charged four 13-year-old boys with assault after two uniformed TTC employees. We were told yesterday, obviously by Stuart Green on our show, that they were getting a ride um, to the bus station to pick up their buses to drive for the afternoon going into evening. And they were swarmed and injured aboard a bus in Scarborough. They were looking at the time for 10 to 15 boys, but they've arrested four. So there's a lot of questions about what this means. To me at this point... 13 means, well, you're perfectly capable of understanding a violent act of aggression is wrong. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know what their background is. I know this at this point. It's one thing not to identify names and, uh, and, and where, where these kids come from and even putting their picture in the paper for shoplifting, for graffiti, for uh, just, just pulling a random prank that's a pain in the ass, a fire alarm pulled at a school, even a fire started in a school. But you assault an adult, you've lost the right to not be embarrassed. Your parents have lost the right not to be completely and utterly embarrassed. And this goes back to what we were talking about last week with who decides what information gets released and what doesn't. I'm sorry. There are lot. There are. You cross over the, the fence. You take one foot swinging over. You're not sure if you should bring the other foot over, but then you do. And violence is like that. These kids should be identified. You've lost your right to protection when it's basically this this gang swarming stuff, if you will. You've lost your right for that to be the case. 
John Birdside is the chair of the TTC and a Toronto City Councillor. He said this yesterday about police resources preventing more of these incidents. It's not always prevention. It's actually catching people in a timely fashion or preventing further offences. That's why we have to have a properly funded police department, police service, is that a lot of the time it's, you know, catching the, the person who, who, you know, committed that, the crime that led to the death of the elderly lady, the tragic death, and catching some of those so that the, the public actually has confidence that people who are committing these crimes are actually, these perpetrators are actually caught in a timely fashion or preventing further offenses. What I'm, I'm trying to say is that we also need a response, a clear quick response time to incidents. A lot of the times on the on the on public transit, an incident will escalate to something worse. Crime prevention has to be more about police, but to again plug the gaps right now, to send a message, to make a statement, we do need more law enforcement in more places. There's just no question about that. There's a lot of confounding factors involved that could potentially make crime rates drop. We're in a unique period in our history now, okay? This isn't the 80s, this isn't the 90s. What worked then may not but we're not even trying. Here's more from John Burnside about the level of safety people feel on public transit in our city. People feel unsafe, but I don't think that's just on the TTC. I think that's in the city in general. You know, we had the unhoused individual who was tragically swarmed and killed, and he wasn't on the TTC. And, you know, the public transit is really just a reflection of the city and what's going on in the city. And I believe that needs to be addressed as well as our, our direct efforts. A lot on this this morning, as you might imagine. And maybe maybe the transit is a microcosm of everything that's happening in the city proper right now. 612, our producer on the show of, is, of course, Sheba Siddiqui, and she joins us right now. What's your thought on all this? Okay, so when I saw this yesterday, first of all, this is a 40-something-year-old woman who attacked a 20-something-year-old woman, stab mm. wounds all over her face and her neck, Correct. Right? Yeah, side right. of the head too. Yeah, side of yeah. Sorry, her head and her face. So you're sitting on the TT or on the TTC. You're twenty something years old, coming back from a work school, whatever it is, and you get attacked like this right away. I think mental health issue. Okay, there's a this is this is where my brain has been going right away when I hear these incidents. Mental health issue, mental health issue, um, and there this needs to be addressed. I'm interested to hear what our mayor has to say. Uh, obviously, we we are lacking severely in supports particularly post-pandemic, because there was a huge problem that we are all seeing. Then I hear about these four 13-year-olds who attacked two TTC employees. This is not a mental health issue. This is behavioral. There are major issues here. I have a 13-year-old at home. These kids, boys or girls, I don't know. Do we know if they're boys or girls? I, I don't think, think they're so. boys. I thought they're boys. They, I thought we knew they were boys, okay, but so I don't know that for sure. Four 13-year-old boys. Uh, mm. They have been in a lockdown as of the age of 10. The last three years have been horrific for them, right? Everything everything went away. All of their sports, their extracurriculars, their schooling, their peers. At one point, short amount of time, they were told not even to go to the park. So they have been through a lot. Now, I, I don't feel anything for them. Don't, don't get me wrong. But I'm trying to put myself into how does it deteriorate to this point where there are 13-year-olds? And is there a difference if they were 12 or if they were 14 or 16? Why is it 13? What happens at this age? Because this was the same gr- as these girls over the holidays uh, killing that man. They were 13-year-old girls as well. I know. I think 13, 14 feels like the new 17. But as we, you and I talked about it yesterday, and, and, you, and you concurred, these weren't going to be 30-year-old people. 
They just weren't. Like 30-year-olds might be into a life of crime, but that's not a crime they're going to commit. Um, 13, 14, like this struck me that this was going to be in the 13 to 16-year-old range. I didn't think it was going to be that young. No. I, I, was, I thought, okay, 16 maybe to have the gall to mm. go up to two employees like that because at 13, you're a little intimidated. But I haven't been through a pandemic as of the age of 10. I haven't been locked no. in my house, probably on screens, probably playing video games, probably I don't know what your parents have been going through, balancing work, whether they've been in the house, outside of the house. And then I think I think I told you this yesterday. My first reaction was when I saw what happened with the woman who got stabbed was, I'm not taking the TTC anymore. There's been one too many incidents, and that makes me so nervous. But, Greg, what, don't a, have to. what a privilege I have to say that. When's the last time you were on a streetcar? It's been ages for me. It's been a while. Ages for me. Uh, but you know Maybe what? Two years. When I do take it, when I do take the TTC, lately it's for my kids. Like, oh, let's go on the school on the subway. It's going to be fun. It's not because of the necessity of getting to work. I'll tell you that. It's like, more a life experience like, for them ex- to, exactly. to get Exactly. There's them somewhere so many too. people who don't have another option. Right away, big debate about parenting's involvement, um, about about these kids. Um, the 416-870-6400, someone writes, the pandemic has nothing to do with teens going rotten. Swarmings have been a problem since I was a kid. Uh, it's been amplified by the glorification of violence. Kids are uploading their bad behavior, getting tons of viewers. Um, they've yes. always been rotten. And someone writes, I can guarantee you these punks did not follow COVID restriction rules. Getting a text from Dirty Harry this morning. So that's good. Don't feel too sorry for them. And my response back was, well, they'd have lost socialization, lost the potential for sports, lost going to movies, concerts, whatever. Like the date going on dates. These things are true. No matter what rules they wanted to break. I mean, you and I <laughs> remember what this was like. The basketball nets are boarded up. The tennis courts are locked. Like they they were very very limited. A lot of a lot of kids got the evil eye if they were just even seen in a park together for months on end. Yeah. This is true. These are true things I'm saying. And I do know a lot of parents of teenagers who was see, who were seeing what was happening with their children's mental health, and they did say, "Okay, go to so and so's house. You know what? Just I'm going to drop you off. Just go quietly. Go hang out with your friend. Go do this. Go do that." They they were breaking the rules for the sake of their kids' mental health. But you know what? According this, thank you for texting that in. But mm-hmm. um. These are 13-year-olds. So I've seen people get, as we call it, rolled, right, on the bus. You, mm-hmm. you know, somebody's brand-new basketball shoes, whatever. It is. You're sitting at the back of the bus, and you see somebody, you know, you've seen that. But they were not 13 years old. Uh, so I dug into, you know what, maybe because of social media, we're just hearing about this more, but it's always been happening on this TTC. Uh, so I sort of dug into what's behind it. And I went all the way back to 2013. That's the stats that I found. 2013, number of security incidents on the TTC, and that goes against that goes across all TTC vehicles. There were about twenty, twenty for the year, mm-hmm. and now um, just April twenty twenty two alone, one hundred and fifty six incidents per month. That was as of that's the latest stat that they have there. So these there's a dramatic increase of what's happened. So that's going from less than one a day to more than four a day. Yes, that's not nothing. That's but, not just. Well, kids have changed. But the Parenting's tricky part is... that much worse. It's not that simple. So these are the stats, and they call them security incidents, but they never got specific about what those incidents are or what the con- conviction rates, prosecutions. They don't give these stats back then, but now I'm sure everyone's going to be keeping a close eye because too much has happened. Do you think they should name the kids in the paper? Are, are we... What, no. what what happens if we suspend time no. and suspend outrage? Like, but what even about the eight? Because girls? you said it. You said it. Kids. You use the word kids. 
These are 13-year-olds. I think at 13, and here's the thing. Yes, parenting has a huge issue here. You need to look into that. My kids, I would like to say my 13-year-old would be more fearful of what his dad and I would do to him as opposed to the police if he did something like that. He and that's knows. how we grew up. Yeah, but and that's how I'm raising my kids. You you don't swarm someone. You don't attack an employee who's trying to help you with something. You know, on the TTC, for example, you do not. And he knows that. He's 13. Mm-hmm. He's got the common sense to know that. So whatever's happening with these, as you put it, 13-year-old kids, we need to dig deeper into this. It's I, I think, yeah, mental health does come into play because they've been locked in the house since they were 10. We don't know what that's like. You don't know what it was like to sit in the house from no. 10 to 13. no. No, they're definitely and things are going to come out. There's I mean, we're coming towards the end of this. And look, all of these incidents are arising, all of this crime, all these attacks. There's going to be issues we're going to see with marriages. We're going to see suicidal. I I wonder about that. I wonder about I I have not seen marital stats. And I'm thinking I I know I I thought in my own. Well, not in my own household, but I look and I go, man, if, if you can survive the first eight months of what the pandemic was as a couple, you can probably get through anything because so, I, I have to believe that it was you're spending a lot of time together. Maybe you've been economically impacted in, in a negative way. I always thought she I always thought about only children. Oh, and I wasn't an only child, but I was a boy with two younger sisters and I kind of hung out by myself or with my dad. And my two sisters were like like glue next to each other. And I didn't feel like I could sort of penetrate that and and you know go to a movie with my it's just I just didn't have that relationship with that then so I felt sort of only childish but at least there was other interaction in the house I talked to parents who have just the one kid and they were like Awful. it was a horror show yeah, it was a horror show horrific. with that lack of socialization so, and, and you've got three kids that all have or one kid that has three other kids in the house that you can bounce off of get oh, along with disagree with and at least it's interaction sa- that's what saved us I'm yeah. telling you because I'd be like okay you know it's recess with your virtual school all four of you get outside I don't care what you do to each other get outside and play and they had each other but I have friends who had the only children so when you were gone last summer and I was hosting this show I did a deep dive into Where marital you were off. <laughs> you were off. So, just for like five so days. For somehow, so they were crazy enough to give me the reins of the show. I, uh, well, I liked it. For, I, heard, I heard a lot of good reviews. <laughs> well, what I got into marital status and what happened. And I personally know seven couples who ended things during the pandemic. Really? Uh, yeah. And you know what? I haven't kept in touch with a lot of people lately, uh, but I'm you, sure it's gone up from then. Did you feel, okay, uh, of the seven, um, let, let's let's first of all talk about uh, Brad and Joyce. I want to ask about them specifically. No, 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 I'm kidding. I'm making up names. Okay. But, <laughs> but did you feel like the, it was like the last straw or were these even things that were good and then absolutely got flipped like it was like a table getting flipped when I the pandemic started? I think it's both instances where, you know, they were just hanging on by a thread pre-pandemic trying to get along for the sake of kids, for the sake of this and finances and whatever else. And th- this exacerbated it and said, you know what? We don't want to spend the rest of our lives like this. And no judgment. I actually have a lot of respect for those seven couples who decided to put themselves first. I really respect that. I don't see divorce as a negative thing ever. I mean, sometimes it's necessary based on the situation, if there's abuse or whatnot. But if you just realize that, you know what, I don't want to spend the the next 20, 30 years fighting and feeling this angry or this much contempt towards you or being in therapy for this long... You just want to throw in the towel and move on with your lives. I have so much respect for that. I think the pandemic made everybody think, and again, this isn't through the lens of these 13, 14 year old kids now, but the pandemic did make everybody think, I only get one chance at all this. I only, and, and then we yes. started really applying that to our kids. 
They get and one ourselves. high school graduation. They and- get one 16th birthday. They get one 13th birthday. And I'm going to, I'll allow so much time to feel, to, to be isolated. I'll allow so much time to be fearful. And then I think I said to you once and you're like, well, you don't mean that. I'm like, I'd rather, I'd rather not live than go through it again. And be as fearful no, and isolated as I was. Brady. It is dramatic, but you're like you. Nobody else gets to decide what I consider valuable, and that is time, and that's socialization. What was socialization, the hardest part for you before we go? I know we got to yeah. go, but what was the like? Why do you say that? What What about it was the absolute <laughs> worst, worst, worst part mm, for you? I, I I just think a, a lack, starting to lack independence, and then and then I had that. See, I didn't want to waver when when I first got vaccinated. I felt so liberated, so free, so adventurous, so this, so that. And the second the second vaccine would have done that even more. But then when people are like, oh, no, we're not done yet. We're just getting started. Mm -hmm. That's where I started to be like, but that's not what you said. And you don't you don't get to decide at this point in time Mm -hmm. what my level of of danger is out there. You don't. Only I do Hmm. because we only get one of these things. Unless you believe in reincarnation and you come back as like a cocker spaniel, and a lot of people share that know. sentiment with you. Yeah. Oh, well, now they do. I know. Now they do. 